Teja, when God seems unavailable, and it's, it's, let me just say this, this was not an easy message for me to bring. Uh, I don't think it was an easy message for many of you uh, to hear. Uh, I was reading the blog this month, our visitors, we go through, uh, we, every time in our service, uh, as we go through the message, uh, we, uh, after the message, we'll go up online, www.mavunochurch.org, and we will, uh, we normally would interact with what the message was about, what our response was, and it's been very interesting reading some of the responses uh, from you, some of you have done it on Facebook or on Twitter, uh, but I read this one on the blog this week that really broke my heart. It was such a, a powerful uh, sharing by a person who called himself Abandoned. And this is what Abandoned had to say. He said, my story begins during the first season of Mizizi last year, 2013. I lost my job the same day Mizizi was being launched. At the, same at the time, I wasn't too worried. I was working. I managed to start farming. Things were looking up, or so I thought. And I figured I would dive headlong into farming. Things would work out. After all, I had God on my side. My confidence was high. I mean, after all, who doesn't say, after all, doesn't he say that all things work together for good for those who love him? And then he says, I guess not for everyone. The almost 200 acres my family and I were farming was attacked by a blight, and the yield was poor to say the least. Cash started running out. For a man who had prided himself in being able to provide for his family, things became thick. Savings dwindled, and soon we were left with only my wife's income. I was not able to pay my daughter's fees and fell behind on my loan repayment. I cried to God. I started serving in church, but God was and is silent. My marriage began to suffer under the strain of financial pressure. I couldn't understand why this was happening. I even asked God, if not for my sake, then God, would you not provide for my family? I prayed, I fasted, I begged, I pleaded, but nothing changed. I applied for jobs, I called all my contacts, nothing changed. And he says this, it's been a year now, I still don't have a job. My farming has failed. I have so much debt, which keeps me up at night. I've been listed in the Credit Reference Bureau for non-payment of loans, but God is still silent. I've resigned myself to the fact that maybe God has his favorites, and I'm just supposed to be some footnote in a bigger story. I used to be angry and bitter with God, but now I'm resigned to what life has thrown my way. I just have to suck it up as a man and pick up the pieces. I'm not special. Others have gone through far worse situations than I have, and so in the meantime, I'll just try as hard as I can to make do, but I know that God has definitely forgotten me. And I just want to say to you, abandoned if you're here, that my heart goes out to you, my brother. My heart goes out to you. As a man, I can only... <laughs> In fact, I can't, I can't even imagine what pain you've gone through this last year. If you are here, I'd love to pray for you today. And so as we're going through our time of prayer or even afterwards, I would love to pray with you. And you know, the thing is, it's because of you and it's because of many others who are in similar situations that we're actually going through this series, this series called Unanswered. I know for many of you, this, this series is not theory. This is life. And there are many of you who would say, I know exactly what this man is saying. In fact, the amazing thing for me is it's such a universal cry. It's not even, it reminds me so much of the cry Jesus gave on the cross when he said, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? So I want to just say to you, abandoned, that that word has been used. It's been used by Jesus. And my prayers are the same Jesus who uttered those words will encourage you today because he is here and he is able. 
Now, this is the essence of the matter. What do we do when God seems unavailable? You know, we've been learning so far from the, the story of John the Baptist that when God is silent, we have a choice. And it's not an easy choice. Because the choice is, will you trust God's plan or will you make a God who fits your plan? Not an easy answer, but it's a choice we must make at that time. The easier choice, I think, for many of us is to make a God who fits our plan or to make a plan that doesn't fit God's. But will you trust God's plan, even when he's silent? And then we looked at the story of Lazarus, uh, sorry, not of Lazarus, but of Paul, a man who was blessed by God, loved by God, and yet he had a thorn that kept him down, something that embarrassed him, something that put him, uh, caused him to be less effective in what he was doing for God. And we learned a very powerful lesson in the life of Paul, that my weakness, can you remember that one? My weakness is my opportunity to experience God's strength. Last week, I had a plan. I had a great sermon planned for you last week, by the way. Uh, it was from the story of Lazarus, and it was about how Jesus comes late. The message was called When Jesus is Late. And then Jesus had a different plan because he brought a modern-day Lazarus, didn't he? And this guy preached the message better than I ever could. So I, I saved that message. Maybe I'll preach it another day. Uh, but he came and talked to us about the fact that even when it seems God is late, that somehow God still has a plan. And he's still working out his plan. And I know that many of you are blessed by the story of this man who was in prison seven years after God told him that he would release him from that prison. Now, if you missed any one of these messages, they're very available. You can actually get them after this service. I think they even have the one for this service. They're going to have them all at the end of the service. And if you know somebody who needs an encouragement, who needs just some perspective, uh, then feel free to get this for them and pass it on to them as a gift. Now, today, we're going to end this with our worship and healing weekend. And so this is what this service is. It's a special service. We're just going to be praying for, uh, to God to bring healing and to bring deliverance and to bring breakthrough to many of you who are praying for that. And you know, the interesting thing is we sang a song today. We sang a song that I love. There is power. How many of you love that song? There is power. In the name of Jesus. I love that song. There is power in the name of Jesus. One more time. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain. To break every chain. To break every chain. To break every chain. How many of you know that God, there's power in Jesus' name to break every chain in your life? How many of you know that for a fact? Amen. How many of you know that there's power in Jesus' name to break every chain that ties anybody in my family or any loved one in my life? How many of you know that for a fact? Absolutely. This is what we were pronouncing and declaring today. And we're declaring it in the heavens because we have confidence in this fact. But the interesting thing that we've been learning this month is that sometimes... The God who has power to break every chain chooses not to break those chains. And I think that's where we get confused. Because we find ourselves asking these questions. I mean, how, how could the God who made the universe by speaking, how could the God who parted the Red Sea, how could the God who shook the mountains, how could he not speak into my life and give me this one little thing that I need to so desperately 
in order to be able to move on in my life? Why does a God who breaks every chain, who can break every chain, choose not to break some chains in my life? And, and here's a real question, if it's really his prerogative to choose to answer when he wants to choose to answer, why should I pray? Anybody ever found yourself asking that? I mean, see, God is going to decide whether he's going to answer or not. And after hearing this series, some of you are probably at that place, why why even having prayer and healing? If God wanted to heal, he'd heal. (laughs) If God didn't want to heal, he wouldn't heal. Why then do we even bother coming to him in prayer? And I just want to say, I had a very, another, (laughs) this is another week that this happened. I had a great message for you today. Um, Really well planned. And then on Wednesday, God told me a word that I thought, that threw away everything I was planning to speak about. And he gave me a different word. And the word today is called the chains that God is freeing. The chains that God is freeing. And I want to just dive into God's word. Philippians chapter 1. I'm going to share very briefly. And then we're going to have some time to just pray. And uh, our pastors are going to come up. Pastor Simon and Sophia here. uh, The rest of our pastors. And we're just going to lay hands on different ones. And just pray and trust God. This is a service where we're trusting God to do great things. But let me just give some perspective from Philippians chapter 1. About why we must still pray. The chains that God is freeing. I'm going to read from verse 12. To 21. And I want to read the story of a man who had great experience in seeing God break chains. I mean, if anyone had ever had the experience of seeing God break chains, it was this man. I mean, this is a man who, you know, he had, he had seen God break his own chains and, and uh, deliver him from his own twisted thinking. He had seen God heal demons, uh, cast out demons, heal the blind, uh, restore limbs. He had seen the gospel spread across the whole Roman world. And this is a man that we've already looked at once. His name is Paul, the Apostle Paul. And we want to read something that he said. Because for a man who had seen God break chains, what he's saying, what he's about to say in this passage is very strange. And this is what he says. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. The words of a man who had seen God break chains. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become more confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Verse 15, it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision for the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Father, I just bring this word to you today. And I pray that, Lord, as we listen to this word, given to us by the God who has power to break every chain, that, Lord, you would break the chains in our minds. 
You'd break anything in our minds that is keeping us from seeing you as who you truly are. And I pray that you change our perspective completely. And I pray that, Lord, as we come before you, as we come as different people, as people who truly know who they are and who know who their God is. Lord, we speak against every work of the evil one to keep your people in blindness, to keep them from understanding who their God is. I bind every spirit of the enemy in this place that would seek to keep us from apprehending your word. And Lord, we bind it and we cast it to the place that Jesus has prepared for it. And Lord, we pray that there will be open heavens today as we understand the word you have for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and God's people say it. Amen. I don't know if you noticed from this passage that the man who had seen God break every chain was writing in chains. Does that strike you as odd? It's a strange thing. You know, a little context about Philippians and the book of Philippians. Uh, Philippi, the city in which the church that received this letter was, was an ancient city in the province of Macedonia, a leading city in the province of Macedonia. It was named after Philip. Philip was the father of Alexander the Great, and he's the one who had conquered this city years, uh, many, many years in the past. Paul first went there when he got a dream, and if you've read through the book of Acts, there's a, a dream he gets where a man from Macedonia tells him, please come and help us. And so Paul goes into that city, and the first thing they do as they're going around, one of the first things they do is they're walking around, a little girl comes behind them, and she has a gift of prophecy. It's actually inspired by a demon of fortune-telling. And she's telling them, this is who you are. You're servants of the Most High God. And, 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 and Paul at some point gets so irritated, he rebukes the demon and it leaves her. And she can no longer foretell the future or tell fortunes. And at that point, her owners, because she was a slave, and her owners had used that affliction to make profit for themselves. They were so angry with Paul, they had him thrown into jail. And so poor Paul and Silas, they're sitting in jail. They're, they're, they're out there in the middle of this night, when they're, they're singing songs in the jail. And as they're in that jail, sure that God is going to break them up. Sure enough, there's a prison break. God checks in in power. There's an earthquake. The prison breaks up. All the doors fall. The chains are broken. And then Paul makes a decision not to leave. He and Silas sit there. This is an amazing story. They sit there. The next morning, the jailer comes. He knows that if the prisoners are gone, his life is gone as well. So he comes there expecting fully that he's dead. And then he finds them. And you know what happens? He's so impressed by them that he becomes one of the earliest Christians in the, book, uh, in the city of Philippi. I mean, this is the beginning of the church of Philippi. And now you fast forward many years later. Paul is writing the, Romans, the letter to Philippi, but he's writing it from jail again. Paul was a jailbird, by the way. <laughs> I mean, this dude, I mean, he spent a lot of his, he, he did a lot of, a lot of time. And he was in jail uh, doing another stint this time he was in Rome when he was writing uh, this letter to the, Philipp- to, to the Philippians. Now, the interesting thing is he was still in chains, but he had gained an amazing perspective about chains that he writes in his letter that I believe the church today has lost, a perspective about chains that we have lost. Paul was not afraid of chains because he seemed to know something that we've forgotten. And, and let me just backtrack a little bit and talk about it because in verse 12, He says, now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What had happened to him? What is this? What has happened to me? Well, for two years, Paul had stayed in prison in a place called Caesarea. He was innocent. He was being framed. It was obvious right from the beginning. 
But the Bible tells us the governor wanted a bribe to let him go. Uh, these things didn't happen the other day. They've been happening since, you know, this, 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 the MCAs were there agitating. They had to get a portion of what this guy could give them. And so this guy stayed in prison for two years. He couldn't get out, even though it was clear he was innocent. And so at some point, he got tired and he appealed to the emperor. Those days, if you're a Roman citizen like he was, you could appeal to the emperor. And as soon as you did that, nobody could hold you anymore. You, you had to go straight. It was like appealing to the Supreme Court. And so he was shipped to the Supreme Court. He was taken through ships. Uh, he, he was shipwrecked on the journey. He was bitten by a snake. It was a dramatic space. When he finally got there, instead of meeting the emperor like he had hoped, he was thrown in prison again in Rome. And for the next two years, he was in prison. This time it was even worse. He was in, under house arrest. And basically what that meant is he was chained to a Roman guard. And this is, this is what he, 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 he's, he's, he, you're chained to a guard and you're chained in, these guys were chained to him in four hour shifts. So every four hours a new guy would come fresh and tie himself to Paul. And Paul is writing in that context. You'd expect him to be complaining. You'd expect him to be saying, God, why me? But look what he says. He says something interesting. He says, as a result of my chains, it has become clear to the whole palace guard that I am in chains for Christ. You know, it's very interesting. The palace guard that he's talking about was called the Praetorian Guard. It was an elite force of 10,000 soldiers who were the personal bodyguard of Caesar himself, the personal bodyguard of the emperor. And these guys were the ones who were looking after Paul. Now, the very interesting thing is, these men were elite soldiers. They were not just any Roman soldiers. They were the most elite soldiers in Rome. They were the ones who it would be very hard for them, for any Christian at that time, because Christianity was very despised, to be able to share the gospel with a person like this. But look what perspective God has given Paul. Because Paul is chained to these guys. He's writing, by the way, he wrote, Paul wrote a lot of his letters from prison, from that prison. He wrote the letter to the Philippians. He wrote the letter to Colossians. He wrote the letter to Philemon. And these guys are there as he's dictating the letter. They're chained to him. These guys were there as other people came to visit to find out why are you in prison? And he had to share about Jesus. These people were being influenced and they were becoming aware of God's power, they had to listen to Paul whether they wanted to or not. In fact, the question you have to ask yourself is, who was the real prisoner there? I mean, these poor guards had no choice. They were just chained to the guy. In fact, I used to think, no, it's your turn. No, it's, you just go. Because the guy would be there and he'd just be talking about Jesus. And many of them were becoming Christians in the process. And it's a very interesting thing that these, rich, these young men, as they become Christians, it's very interesting when you read Philippians chapter 4, verse 22, Paul is saying goodbye to the church, uh, to the church of Philippians, and he says, love, he's, he's, he's giving the greetings from the saints in Rome, and he says, especially those of Caesar's household. The guards, their chains are being broken. They're becoming Christians. They're seeing the faith of this man. A church is being born. Why? saying, these are my chains. This is what my chains are doing. And then he has another perspective. He continues to say, <laughs> you know, uh, verse 14, because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. Something was going on. Because Paul was in prison, different people now are beginning to speak about the gospel. People who had been afraid to speak before. And Paul says there are two kinds of people. There are those ones who maybe saw Paul out there and they said, now Paul is not here. Somebody has to share about Jesus. 
And so they started to preach. You know, it's like Pastor M going to prison. And Pastor Simon going to prison. I'm not predicting that Pastor Simon. But I suspect that could be a very good thing for this church. Because these fearless influencers would have to be fearless, isn't it? And that's what happens. These fearless influencers start being fearless. And they start to preach. And some of them were doing it from wrong motives. Because they were jealous of Paul. Because they wanted to put him in trouble. But Paul says, what does it matter? I don't care why they are preaching. The most important thing, Jesus is being preached because of his chains. You know, there's something very interesting here. And I want to just emphasize this point. Because this is a word that God gave me. God is the chain breaker. You know, I was, I, was, I was singing that song and I was asking God, God, how can you be the chain breaker after you've told me all this news that I've given Mabuno now? Some of them don't believe you're a chain breaker anymore. And God says, look, God is the chain breaker. God always sets free when we call to him. But here's the thing. The chains that God is freeing may not always be the ones I'm seeing. <laughs> Somebody needs to get this today. Because this is God's word to you. You've been wondering, God, why should I pray? Why am I praying? What is this about? And God is saying, the chains that I am freeing may not always be the ones you're seeing. And Paul, Paul, God opened his eyes so that he could see the chains that God was really freeing. God wasn't removing the bonds from his hands, but God was freeing the minds of Roman prisoners, Roman guards who actually were prisoners to him. God was freeing them up. God was setting up new church leaders. God was advancing the gospel because of his chains. And Paul says, because of my chains, the church is growing. Because of my chains, something beautiful is happening. Yes, I may not be where I need to be. Yes, I may be in a place of misery and difficulty. But because of my chains, God's agenda is being advanced. This is a perspective that Paul had gained. Now, ultimately, this thing boils down to purpose. See, Paul knew what God's purpose was for him. In Mabuno Church, we always talk about purpose. We always talk about the fact that every single one of us was designed for a unique purpose. Paul understood this whole concept of purpose. And let me just break it down because I think it's such an important thing. We've said it before in passing, but I want to say it today. That it's wrong to talk about, I want to discover my purpose. What you really should say is, I want to discover God's purpose that's what it's about. <laughs> you know, if you come upon this thing as my purpose, then you start getting into this thing that I see people get it twisted because it's like, what are my gifts? What are my passions? What makes me happy? Those are questions people ask themselves. You know, it's, all, it's almost a secular mindset of discovering my purpose. It's almost like the career guidance thing. What makes me happy? What do I like doing? But that's getting it twisted because it's not about, it's not, it's not your purpose. It's you are designed for a purpose. It's God's purpose for you. Paul understood his, God's purpose. And, and his purpose, by the way, there's one thing that he ha it has in common with every single one of us. Paul's purpose was to advance God's agenda in his generation. That's the purpose of every single one of us. Your purpose, in your own unique way that God has shaped you, is to advance his purpose in your generation, in your family, in your office, in the space that he has for you. This is what God's agenda is for you. And that's why Paul wasn't demanding to be set free from prison. In fact, you know, if you read on, you realize that he realizes that achieving God's agenda will always mean that I go through some kind of discomfort or suffering. Paul actually realizes that. He's very mature. 
He's very broad in his thinking. He knows that God's agenda will always be resisted by the enemy. And because of that, he knows if I'm going to really achieve my purpose, I should expect opposition. You know, that's the thing I think many people don't understand. It's almost like, you know, when I serve God, and by the way, I've had this as well. I, I, I've thought this myself. If I serve God, if I give my life to Christ, even that, those words, I gave him. I've done him a favor. I've helped him. He now has one more life. Surely now he owes me, isn't it? I mean, that's the kind of perspective that I used to have. It's like now he has to look after me. He has no choice. Not understanding. That's, that's getting it twisted. It's not what it's about. As I enter into the purpose of God, I begin to achieve the purposes of God. And when I achieve the purposes of God, I realize, oh my goodness, there's a lot of opposition to God's purpose in this world. And I will face some of that opposition. How many of you have ever been in that situation? You got saved. Uh, you thought, oh my goodness, from now on, it's going to be sweet singing lullabies and, uh, and, and prosperity the rest of my life. And then things became thick. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Things became difficult. And you wondered, what is this? Did I make a mistake? No, no, no. You signed up for the army. You signed up for the army. Nobody signs up for the army because of the food. Nobody signs up for the army because of the nice life in the army. You sign up in the army for what? To fight. That's what you sign up in an army for. You sign up in an army because there's a war. And you're achieving part of the agenda of your commander-in-chief. And Paul understood, I'm a soldier now. I'm in the army now. When I'm in the army, I expect opposition. I expect to fight because this is what this thing is about. And so he says in verse 20, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be discouraged, but I will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Instead of crying out, Lord, help break my chains, He's saying, Lord, give me the courage to face every chain. This is what he's praying. It's a, it's a, it's a different kind of prayer, isn't it? It's, it's like a different kind of Christianity here. It's no longer that thing of, Lord, why? It's a thing of, Lord, give me strength. His, his daily prayer is, Lord, give me courage. Whatever I face. And you know what courage really is? Can I tell you a secret? Another word for courage? Obedience. Some of us, have been trained to be fearless individuals. But we don't want situations that require courage. Let's not get into politics. Are we, are we here together? Turning ordinary people into fearless influencers of society. That's what we talk about at Mavuno. We are the fearless influencers. But how do you be fearless you haven't faced a situation that could make people fear. And this is what it means to sign up to follow Christ. To become a fearless influencer means you face opposition. And you stand up against that opposition. And you know your commander-in-chief always has your back. And you know he will answer your prayer when you pray. It's just that you have a different perspective. Because you know the chains that God is freeing are not always the ones I'm seeing. The commander-in-chief has a big picture. He understands how the battle is going. He knows how things are going. And even though he may not answer what I ask for at that spot in the battle, he knows the big picture. And I know he knows. And I can trust him. Because the chains that God is freeing are not always the ones I'm seeing. You know, the interesting thing is God does amazing things. And I, I, I get confused sometimes. Because sometimes I pray for people. And even I get shocked that God answered. 
I mean, it's such a ridiculous thing to pray for. And you pray and God just answers. And you wonder, why did God answer that prayer and not this other one? Why didn't God heal this one and he healed this one? Why does God do what he does? <laughs> you know, I've come to the conclusion that God put us on earth for his agenda. Otherwise, you'd be in heaven right now. And heaven is a good place. In fact, for some of us, it's good we go through challenges because it's easy to forget that this world is not our home. We can get so comfortable we forget that we're made for a better place. This is not our home. We go through challenges and they remind us of where we come from. You know, I, I find it very strange because when, whenever Jesus healed, there was always an agenda. There were many dead people in Israel, but Jesus raised Lazarus. Why didn't he raise others? He raised him. Was it because they were friends? But no, it can't be that. Because after he raised Lazarus, guess what happened to Lazarus again? He died! Has it ever struck you, by the way, that Lazarus died again? Many of us say, I'm born again. Lazarus was dead again. <laughs> Isn't that a strange thing? I mean, he was, he was raised to die. He was raised because God had an agenda at that time to, to show people something. But after that, Lazarus still died. In fact, he's the one guy in the Bible where there were two funerals. I mean, that's a lot of work. You cry for a guy twice. <laughs> I know you never thought that. Because when you're saying, God, give me school fees today, you don't understand, next week, next year, I'll also be asking for school fees again. God, heal me from this disease today. Next year, I'll be praying for another disease. This thing will always happen. And what I need to do is get freed in my mind to realize this world is not my home. I'm here for a purpose. I will achieve this purpose. And when I achieve this purpose, I will go home to a better place. And Paul says, for me to live is Christ. Die is gain. He's not afraid. He's not afraid of what the world has to offer him. Because he knows he's only here. He's an agent. He's only here for a reason. It may be uncomfortable, but he's in the army. And agents are not there for the comfort. And he knows when I'm done, I'll go home to where God created me for. And this is why Paul writes in such a powerful way. Instead of complaining. Because he knows the chains that God is freeing are not always the ones we're seeing. God always answers prayer. Can I say that again? Because some of you need to hear this. God always answers prayer. God always does. Some of you have been praying for so long, it almost feels like God, God doesn't hear. God doesn't care. I want to say this. God always answers prayer. But you can't even see the implications of your prayer when you're praying. Sometimes you're blind to seeing the big things that are happening, cosmic things that are happening because of your prayer. Because you're praying for these chains that you're seeing with your eyes, and you're not realizing there are other chains that are being broken and being healed, and being delivered. And God is setting up the stage for bigger things than you can even imagine. Some of you have prayed for years for an unsaved member of the family, for a father who's a drunkard, for a brother who's not a Christian. You've prayed and prayed and prayed. And you're wondering, God, have you just forgotten us? And what you don't realize is God is doing something so powerful through that prayer that every prayer you're praying is not wasted. Now, the Bible is so amazing. It says that God holds our tears in a bottle. What kind of God is that? That he's so mindful of us. He loves you so much that every emotion, every pain you've ever felt, he carries it close to him. And many times he's probably saying, my son, if only you knew why you must go through this. If only you could understand why this is so important. <laughs> I remember my daughter. Um, this is one of the things that I hope many fathers don't go through because one of the hardest things in my life 
And one day, my little girl, she was very small, our firstborn, she got sick. And she was sick, literally at the time, it felt like to me, from my limited perspective, she was sick to the point of death. I mean, it was so bad, we were admitted in hospital. I told my wife, go home. I couldn't leave that place. I was, I was there. I was the one waking up at night to feed her at Nairobi Hospital. And it was so, I mean, it was crazy. And the poor girl was in so much pain. She was just hot. It was, eventually, we found out it was a viral attack. We didn't know what it was. They were measuring her. They were poking her. They were prodding her. And my heart was breaking with her tears. I still remember one day when the doctor needed to take some samples. And my little girl had told me, oh, this is so painful. I told her, daddy will not leave you. I'll be here for you. And the nurse came in, and my daughter looked at me like, no, I know what she wants. And I told her, no, 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 it's okay, I've got this. And I talked to the nurse, the nurse said, I need samples. And so I held my daughter, and the nurse drew out the samples. And as the needle went in, and as she wailed out in pain again, I saw the betrayal in her face. And she's wondering, how can you say you love me? How can you call yourself my father? I mean, you... I'm sure her mind wasn't shaping such complex thoughts, but her eyes said it all. How dare you say you love me? Those arms that are holding me right now are just to imprison me so the nurse can poke me and cause pain to me. In my heart, by the way, I still remember that day because I was crying. That's a hell. <laughs> it's so funny. Even now it brings pain to me when I think about that memory. I could see her looking at me and we were both crying. And the nurse was probably wondering, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> and the poor girl is screaming her head off and thinking, I don't really have a father. He's forgotten me. He doesn't care. He's collaborating with the evil nurse. <laughs> and all the time my heart is breaking, I'm saying, I wish you knew how much I loved you. I wish you knew how this was necessary. I wish you knew if, if this doesn't happen, there are big dreams that I have for you that may never be accomplished. I wish you knew how much I desire for you to have everything I have. I wish you knew how I could even trade my own pain for yours. I wish I could take that pain and carry it for you, but I can't. Not now. You have to go through this. But I didn't have the words to speak them to her, and she wouldn't even understand the concept if I tried to explain it to her. And there's some of us who are in that situation today, that you're feeling like God is pressing you. You feel like God has become the enemy. You feel like God doesn't care. How dare you call me father? Call, me, call yourself my father. And God is saying, I wish you knew. There's some chains that need to be broken. There's some things I need to go, you need to go through. There's some things that are not even my desire for you to experience, but you have to experience them. There's a bigger plan. Would you not just trust me, even in the pain? Trust me that I know the plans I have for you. That the plans are not to harm you, they are to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope, and a life. This is what I came for. To break every chain. And that's why we pray today. We pray because our prayers are never wasted. We pray because God always hears our prayers. We pray because God always does something in response to those prayers. Even though he answers in a different way. We choose to trust God. I think I remember sharing at the beginning of this series how my wife and I prayed for years for children to no avail. I mean, we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. And it felt like God just was having a, a laugh at us. We knew all he needed to do was just do this, and we'd have triplets. <laughs> I mean, that's, we, 
You know, every time you read the newspaper and you found some, some girl who had gotten a pregnancy that she wasn't even, she didn't even want, and now she's expecting twins, and you'd say, God, they don't even want the babies. They don't even, they, that's even a curse to them. They don't want that. Why aren't you blessing us? We want that. And I remember just wondering, God, why are you doing this? But it's very interesting now that I think about that. God did answer our prayer. He gave us children. He gave us children through adoption, not through biological birth. Those children have become the love of our life. <laughs> Let me tell you, I love those children with everything I have. I love them with everything I have. My wife and I can tell you, I mean, they've completed the love that we have for one another. We're such a unique family. <laughs> we always say with each other, we're one of the few families I know. We're not related by the blood of humans, but by the blood of Jesus. Every one of us. And I love my children to death. And as I look back over the years at what has happened because of that journey we went through, we shared our story at Nairobi Chapel, the church where I was a pastor. And I can tell you the amazing thing that happened, many people in that congregation adopted children because of our, children, because of our journey, because of our change. Many of our, some of our own relatives adopted children because of our journey, because of our pain. I, today, am an advocate for adoption. By the way, if any of you has ever thought about whether to do this or not, I'm the biggest advocate for it. I can tell you miracle stories in our own family and what it has done to us because of that journey. It's just changed our whole family because of that. And I love the fact that my children know many adopted children because of our story. <laughs> it's amazing how God took us through a journey we could not understand. But there were chains he was broke, breaking. Not in only in our own lives, but in the lives of our church, in the lives of our friends. And as we prayed for the chains to be broken on our hands, we didn't know that the chains that God was freeing were not the ones that we were seeing. And I want to speak over somebody today and to say that as we come to pray today, my prayer is that we're going to come to pray as different people. We're not going to come with those prayers of demand, the prayers of little children. God, do it my way or else. But many of us today as we come for prayer, we're going to come and say, God, I want you to heal my disease so that I can glorify you. I want you to give me children so that I can glorify you. Lord, give me a husband so that I can glorify you and advance your agenda. Lord, break my financial problems and help my business so I can glorify you. But Lord, if for any reason it pleases you not to take away those things and somehow to glorify yourself in my situation, amen. So be it, Lord. I will still trust you. I will still love you, even when I cannot see. Because I believe, Lord, that the chains that you're freeing are not always the ones that I'm seeing. Come and tell your neighbor that right now. The chains that you're seeing, the chains that God is freeing, are not always the ones you're seeing. I'm going to invite the worship team now. We want to just get into a time of prayer. I believe that today God wants to do some amazing things. And it's God's will, by the way, that some of you today will receive your healing because it's going to glorify him and advance his agenda. I really believe that. And I've prayed and I know that God is going to do it. Some of you, God is going to give you the assurance and the courage and the endurance to keep loving him, even with your chains. Because you know that God has a bigger agenda. And he will fulfill it as you're faithful to serve.
I want us to sing this song that we sang. I love that song, Break Every Chain. Could we, could we sing that song, the Break Every Chain? I, I just want us to sing that song one more time. I'm going to invite Pastor Simon. We're going to actually sing, spend some time in prayer, uh, any of the pastors as well. We're going to just listen to God as we sing this song. And then we'll call different ones of you. And we're going to spend some time in prayer. Amen? Could you just pronounce this, make this proclamation right now. There is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. We sing it together. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power, there is power in the name of Jesus. Jesus, there is power in your name. There is power in the name of Jesus. Power to destroy strongholds. So Pastor Simon, we're just going to spend some time with you and maybe God has been speaking some things to you and you can speak them out. What we're going to do is invite you to come up to the front and we'll just say prayers over you if you're in any of the situations that we call out. And I don't know what God has said to you, but one of the things that God said to me right from the beginning, and I'm actually going to invite Carol to pray for this one. Some of you have been trusting God for children for years. And you've been praying and asking God. Some of you just began to pray that prayer. Some of you have been praying it for a long time. Some of you have prayed it with fear. Some of you have prayed it without knowing whether God will answer. But today I believe that God is here and is able to break chains. And we want to pray for you. And I'm going to invite Carol to come and pray for you. If you're here, just stand up to your feet wherever you are. Stand up to your feet wherever you are. As a couple, as as a... as by yourself, if you're not with your spouse, just stand up wherever you are. Let's appreciate them as they stand. Bless God for you. The word that God was putting in my mind is actually in Samuel, the story of Samuel, and the story of Hannah and Elkanah who, Elkanah who prayed for children. And um, Elkanah had two wives, one had children. The other one did not. But this is what happened to the one who had no child. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival, that is Hannah's rival, kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Um, And her rival provoked her till she wept and could not. And I think the word that the Lord was telling me that there are some here who, even as uh, we've been waiting upon the ch- for a child, there is an enemy who has been provoking you, causing you to be so distressed that you cannot even eat, that you cannot even see the hand of God in your life because of this provocation. And I'm here to tell you that God has the final word. I'm here to tell you I'm here to tell you that you're whole. You are whole. Culture will tell us that you're half because you do not have children. 
But God's word to you is that he loves you. He has made you whole as you are. And today we're going to silence that voice of the enemy who would tell you otherwise. Amen. You are whole. Amen. You are whole Amen. in Jesus' name. Bless you, Lord. you are whole. And I want you right now to raise your hands to heaven. And for us to rebuke the enemy and to rebuke the rival who would dare to tell you otherwise, who would dare to um, cause you distress. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, there's been an enemy who has been causing distress, who has been saying that these dear ones who you died for are less, they are less than whole because they've not been able to have children biologically. We silence that enemy and say that Jesus Christ himself has died for us. There is no curse over us. Ah, we silence that voice of the enemy and we say be silent. Be silent. We are whole. Be silent because the Lord himself loves us just as we are. Be silent in Jesus name. Be silent that enemy in Jesus name. Because the Lord loves you and that he has made you whole. The Lord has made you whole. I also want to ask you now to just put out your hands before him. And pray that his will will be done. And that somehow his glory will be seen in your lives. Whichever way he chooses to answer your prayer. That his glory will be seen. That people will look at you in your family. They look at you in your workplace. The cult of the society will look at you and they see the joy of the Lord in you. Whichever way he answers. And they see you as different people. And they say there is a God in heaven who is able to give you joy. Who is able to give you purpose despite the way that he answers that prayer. Our Father, we choose to trust in you. We choose, oh God, to trust in your goodness towards us. Father, we say, may your will be done. May your will be done. The answer that you had for us was that children are a gift from you and we cannot demand. We cannot make that demand. And so my father, I pray for these dear ones saying, Lord, we cannot make that demand. We cannot. We can only say, Lord, we desire to have children biologically. But we hold that loosely and say, Nevertheless, not our will, but your will be done. And that may you be glorified in our lives. And that the chains that we bear, may they advance the kingdom of God. Because we are your servants. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, I really believe the Lord is here and that we need to expect supernatural miracles. I, I sense very strongly as Pastor Carol was praying that God was speaking very clearly about one of you was standing and your name is something close to Moderu. Moderu. Uh, I just saw that name and I felt God was saying to that person that you're healed. That uh, you're, the Lord will fulfill that 
And I also felt there was someone who was standing and you felt some fire just go through uh, your womb. And I felt like God was just like performing a surgery on you and that this time next year you will have a baby. Now one of you was standing or was not standing, there's a couple here whose both names start with S. I felt as well God was saying that the miracle has happened. And one of you is called Tim as well. I saw a Tim Jr. being born uh, not very long from now. So I really believe. Lord, we just want to thank you because you're doing what only you can do. We just want to thank you because your presence is so powerfully here. We want to experience that presence. So we come, Lord, some of us with our doubts, but believing in that God who is more than able. And Lord, you are able to cut through our doubts and bring us to the place where we experience the God who answers prayer. So continue to move with among us, Lord. So Pastor Moridi, one of the categories I felt God speak about as you were speaking was those of us who have been feeling condemned. I saw a weight of condemnation. Maybe because of something they did earlier or they have been doing or a lifestyle that they have lived before that has had consequences. But I just saw heavy burdens of condemnation. Guilt. Feeling like you never really will amount to anything. And that has become something the enemy uses against you. The accusing finger of the devil. The devil is called in the Bible the accuser of the brethren. You see, God doesn't talk to us about our sins to accuse us, but to bring us to conviction of repentance and forgiveness. But the devil keeps saying, look at you. You can't make it. You're a bad mother. You're bad because you're aborted. You're bad because of this. You will never make it. We would like today to pray that God will break every chain of condemnation. And some of you, it's been so heavy, you can't move forward. It's tied you down. If that's you, let me ask you to stand right now. Those of us who have struggled with this heavy guilt and condemnation, come on, go ahead and stand. Because there's freedom in the house today. There's no shame in coming to our daddy for release and deliverance. So let's come on now, celebrate the men and women who are standing right now. Wow. It's, in, it's, in, it's, it's interesting, as Pastor Simon, you say that, because I, I did sense, even as you were speaking, even before you spoke, just that whole weight of abortion. And I sense that there are people here, or somebody here, who has had an abortion, and it's just completely messed you up. You just, it's twisted you the wrong way. And even when you pray, you, you actually feel like God condemns you and sneers at you. And very specifically, God is saying, I want to set you free from that today. Because you're my daughter and I love you and I will make something out of you. In fact, the word that God said is, I will use your story of the mess in your life to free many people who would have been in your situation. And so I believe that God is going to heal you. Even as you stand up and surrender to him and say, God, deliver me from this guilt. Amen. I feel like there are a few more who will need to stand. There's someone called Immaculate. Immaculate, that's great name that you have and maybe something has been condemning you I don't know what but God is saying I love you so much and so personally that I would say your name in front of everyone is to celebrate you so if you'd like to stand as well anyone else before we pray right now go ahead and stand 
God is here and God wants to release you. Come on, let's put our hands in front of us as we pray for those who are standing right now. Lord, we stand as children who have a father. A father who is mighty to forgive and mighty to deliver. Lord, we pray over those who stand right now rolling away the guilt and condemnation that stands against these ones. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ, we have been freed. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because we walk after the spirit, we don't listen to the flesh and to the voices of the past and of the present and even of the future that are not from you. So we want to declare right now that every chain of guilt and condemnation is broken by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. We declare everyone standing is set free. That there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. And these chains right now are broken. However long they have held them, they are broken. So we want to celebrate that release right now in the name of the Lord. We celebrate you, Lord. Amen. We celebrate you. Bless God. I just sense also a couple of impressions that I had, and maybe we can pray for you as well. I sense there's some, somebody here, your family has been held back because of witchcraft. And even now, there's been some things that have happened in your life that you can attribute to things, either you or your parents. And, and I think very specifically, I, I sense parents uh, were involved in doing. That have tied you and your family back, and your family members right now are really in chains because of some of that doubling in witchcraft. I just sense that God wants to set you free and use you to set others free in your family. And I'm gonna, we're going to just pray for that and trust God to break, to break chains of witchcraft. Of witchcraft. Also, there's somebody here who has hormonal issues. And this is a word that was given to me even before the service by one of our prayer counselors. Uh, somebody here who has hormonal issues and a hormonal imbalance. And maybe you've, it's just something that's really been plaguing you. You've sought all kinds of help. I really believe the reason the Lord gave us that word today was to free you and break that chain. So if you're here, just stand as we speak right now. Just speak right, stand right right now. Receive it. It's yours. In Jesus' name. You know, Pastor Moridi, it's interesting you say that. And if you don't mind, I would like to ask them to come over so that some people will lay hands on them. But come up to the front. Come up to the front right now. Those Bansi, of you who are standing, the front. please just come to the front and the pastors will be here. But a little earlier, Pastor Em, I'd also felt the word uh, mental illness. Those who have heard mental illness... Um, those of you who have heard panic attacks, some of you are maybe bipolar, and uh, you've been struggling with that, and you've wondered, why is it God wouldn't heal me? Just come and face the front. If, well, you're, like, if you're able to kneel, you can. If you just want to stand, that's fine, but just face the front. Pastor Simon, sorry, you're saying. Yeah. If you've had any condition like that, mental or hormonal, and it is very clear to me as well, Pastor M, that God would like to heal some of you right away. For some of you, the process of healing may take a while, but it will be for the Lord to be glorified. So we're going to ask these ones to lay hands on you as we pray for you. Amen. Bless the Lord. Pastors, if you just lay hands on those, you can. Just stretch out your hands. 
Congregation, if you could just stretch out your hands right now. We're all part of the family of God. Begin to pray a prayer over these. There's some chains that are going to be broken today that are even ancestral chains. We bless you, Lord. Father, we come with every authority we have as your children in Christ Jesus. Your word tells us that all authority in heaven on earth has been given to Jesus, to you. Your word also tells us that we are co-heirs with Jesus. In other words, we have access to the same inheritance that Jesus had, the same power. And Lord, as we pray these prayers, we are speaking them not by might or by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. And we are declaring that chains are being broken right now in Jesus' name. When you walked on earth, demons fled. When you walked on earth, witchcraft was broken. When you walked on earth, illnesses were healed. And right now, Lord, we thank you because you are here through us. And illnesses are being healed as we pray as God's community in Jesus' name. I speak right now rebuking an ancestral spirit, speaking against the spirit of witchcraft in this house in Jesus' name. There's a family that has been bound here, Lord, that you are setting free. I speak to that demon right now, to that assignation of parents. And I say what the parents have said is nullified right now in Jesus' name. I declare every evil spirit that has been entrenched in this family, I rebuke you now in Jesus' name. And I cast you to the place that Jesus has prepared for you. I declare freedom over God's children right now. I declare freedom over God's children. I declare healing over God's children. I declare that the tentacles are being pulled out. The, the, the destruction of the enemy is being ended right now in Jesus' name. Father, many prayers have been prayed. Some of these have even gone to different places looking for solutions. But Father, we are saying the solution is here in Jesus' name today. And so, Lord, we declare that your healing has come. I want to pray for that person who came because they have hormonal problems. And right now, Lord, we just declare, in Jesus' name, it is done. In Jesus' name, it is done. And Father God, we thank you because you're doing it right now. We celebrate you, Lord. We say thank you, Lord. You love us, Lord. Thank you so much because you're God, our healer. Father God, I see chains being broken. It's as if the strings are being torn apart right now, even as we pray. And Lord Jesus, you're setting people free, even as we pray. Lord, there are some bondages that are being broken right now, even as we pray. And I thank you, Lord, because your power is in this house to do what no human being can do, only God can do. Lord, we glorify you and we say there's power in Jesus' name. I speak the name of Jesus over every demon. I speak the name of Jesus over every affliction. I speak the name of Jesus over every heart. In Jesus' name, there is healing right now. We bless you, Lord. There is power in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's glorify the Lord. Bless you, Lord. As you're in front, I want you to make this pronunciation because you're, you're pronouncing it over your situation right now. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, speak it over your situation. There is You're taking captive those situations right now. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every yoke, to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain. Begin to see the chains breaking right now. To break every power, to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain. Bless 
the Lord. You know, Pastor Time, as you prayed for these ones before we release them, some of you have had nightmares. So there's one of you has had dreams at night with people who died long time ago. In Jesus' name, that is over. Uh, and you will sleep well. You will sleep well. You are released and the glory of the Lord is upon you. Come on, let's celebrate this one as a uh, go back with blessing. In Jesus' name, you may go back to your seats. By the way, it's as simple as that. We're just trusting God to do it. It's not a man who's doing it. It's not a pastor who's doing it. But Jesus is doing it. Thank you, pastors. Don't go far because we're still going to need you to pray a bit more. In fact, I, I feel like we should do this next prayer of healing. Physical healing. Amen. And maybe God is going to mention a few of the sicknesses or afflictions. And others he will not mention. But if you're looking at me, I feel like there's someone in the middle near that, you know, that pillar there. Someone around there that has had a stomach issue. And yeah. sometimes you feel like, you know, something is moving across your tummy. And I sense that God is saying that is ending right here today, uh, if you're there. And we will pray with you. Uh, secondly, I think I saw someone else who has had a lump or a swelling on your left breast. Yeah. Uh, you've had a lump, a swelling there. You've been very afraid what it is about. But whatever it is, the maker of the universe is here today and he can deal with it, uh, whatever it is. Amen. We would like to pray together with you. And thirdly, and lastly, Pastor I am just one other specific thing I saw, is a chronic cough. It could be tuberculosis, uh, it could be an asthmatic, you know, you're asthmatic, but just a chest problem that comes over and over again. One of you, you have had this for as long as you can remember from childhood. Would like to pray for you because God is more than able to heal. Amen. I don't know what other. I confirm, by the way, every, every one of those words. <laughs> you say them just before I could. Also, there's somebody here who just, God, God shows me, has a spirit of death. You just have fear. And you fear you will not live long, that you will die. And God is saying, I'm going to deliver you from the spirit of fear today. That fear has kept you from being everything God has called you to be. It's kept you from applying for the jobs you should. It's kept you from being the parent you should. And God is saying, I'm going to actually free you from the fear of death today. And I sense that God wants to do that as well. There's also somebody, this is a very different fear. It's a fear of illness. There's somebody here who has a fear because they suspect they could be ill. And the specific one here is cancer. They suspect there's an illness that they're going through. You've not even gone for a test because you've been so afraid to go for that test. And that fear, I want to say to you, is not true. It is actually a, a dart. It's an arrow of the enemy. And that fear is meant to manifest in your life. I want to tell you today, God is pulling out that arrow in Jesus' name. It will not result in your death. If you're one of these, just stand up to your feet right now. Just stand as we've spoken. Stand up to your feet right now. Any one of those words that was given, just stand up to your feet. Come on, let's appreciate them because God is revealing some things here. First time, I also sense there's someone else who has a hand that just stretches but doesn't fully stretch. There's something about your left hand that doesn't fully stretch and a function to a certain degree. It's functional but limited. And I just sense like God would like to do a miracle to 
uh, make it stretch completely to the place where it's meant to be. So if that's you, please stand up as well uh, so that we may pray together. Amen. Before Pastor S prays, let me just ask the pastors, if you just stand up, face the congregation, and stretch your hands out, just vicariously, let's begin to bring them before God. Let me ask you, God's people, if you just stretch out your hands towards anybody near you who's standing right now, and let's just join our faith together as Pastor Simon leads us in prayer. As I pray, let me ask anyone else who is unwell, we may not have mentioned it, but you are unwell and you'd like to be healed, please stand up right now uh, so that we pray together. By the stripes of Jesus, we have been healed. Emotional healing, physical healing, by the stripes of Jesus, we have been healed. So Lord, we stretch our hands to the extension of the hands of Jesus Christ. We are the body of Christ. So we stand before you right now to claim, to receive the gift of healing that is ours in Christ Jesus. We thank you for your word tells us by the stripes of Jesus we have been healed. Yeah, it's already happened. Right now we're just receiving the result of it. So we want to declare over everyone who is standing. We want to rebuke every pain in the name of Jesus. We pray that every condition will be touched by the hand of the Lord. We pray that every oppression, some of it could be generational, will be broken here today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we declare healing, Lord, for those with stomach pains, for those with gynecological problems, for those with uh, other issues around uh, their bodies, around their uh, uh, productive systems. We want to pray for the touch of the Lord upon them right now. Lord, we just sense your power is coming down right now and people are being healed, some of them instantly and others it's going to be a process. But we want now to declare healing in the name of Jesus. Receive it right now into your bones, into your body, into your spirit and into your emotions. So we want to celebrate the healing of the Lord right now. In your midst, almighty God. Lord, we celebrate you. Come on, Mavuno, let's celebrate the touch of the Lord. Oh, we bless you. Amen. I, know, I know we're running out of time, but I just sense we need to pray for this one. And this one, I'm, I'm actually going to invite you to come in front. There's some of you who are struggling with a sense of failure. Uh, for some of you, it's a failure in your marriage. Some of you... For many of you, it's a failure in business where things are just not going well and there's a sense of failure that you've done, you did what you could, it just has not worked. Some of you are struggling with a sense of failure as parents. Whatever situation it is, I just sense a, a, a spirit of failure, just something that really is keeping a bunch of us down and I actually want us to come. Some of you, and, and this one specifically, God spoke about business, but I sense it's bigger than that as well. If you're here, come up because I want our pastors to lay hands on you on this one. Uh, come up come up quickly. Don't, don't, don't take time. We don't have much time. Uh, just a sense of failure, a sense of, my goodness, I'm drowning. I've done well. Somehow this thing isn't working. I can't make it. And maybe even a sense of a lack of self, uh, self-confidence because of the failure you've experienced. And I sense that God wants to break free his people from a sense of failure because you never will be a fearless influencer if you're held back by that fear, that failure. Bless God. And Pastor, I sense one of those, your father did 
a financial decision some while ago and just brought you into the entire family to financial you know bondage and now you're experiencing failure because of a mistake your father did some while ago and we believe even that as well the lord will break and get it out of your life some of you it's probably failure of uh, feeling i really can't i've not been there for my wife or i've not been there for someone else and you feel bad about yourself i'm a bad mother i'm a failure as a mother as a parent uh, as Pastor M said as well, we like to pray that the Lord would release you. Some of you, it's a failure in real interpersonal relationships. You just have not been able to make a relationship work, a romantic relationship. And you felt a sense of failure because of that. Maybe you've broken up in several of them. And God wants to set you free from that sense of failure, that fear. Come up as well if this is you. There's so many of us, and I bless God that you're here. I'm going to ask you to just raise your hands out right now. Because this is a, this is a holy place. God is here. And he's the one who's here to heal you. Even as our pastors lay hands on you, they don't have time to pray for everyone, but that's not what this is about. It's just about bringing you to the Father. If you are out in Baby Central with the babies, uh, we have pastors there as well. So just indicate and our pastors will be praying for you as well. But right now we want to bring you before God, the throne of God, the throne of mercy. Father, I thank you because your word says we have boldness to approach this throne of grace because we find mercy and help to, to help us in our time of need. I thank you because many who have come here, Lord, have struggled in their business. Lord, there are some fathers in this place who have wondered how will I feed my children when my business is struggling so much. Lord, there are some people in this place who've come and tried everything and somehow they found themselves in debt, they found themselves in more bondage, the harder they've worked. But I thank you because there's power in the name of Jesus. That what God can do, no man can do. And I thank you that, Lord, you're here. Even as we appeal to you as your children together for breakthrough, for relief, for help, for intervention. And so I speak very specifically over my brothers and over my sisters who are bringing their businesses before you right now. Bringing their careers before you right now. And Lord, I'm breaking any yoke of the enemy in their lives in Jesus' name. Lord, any devourer that is not from, from you, anything that has not come from you, anything that is of the evil one, we break it right now in Jesus' name. We declare it has no hold over your children. We declare that, Lord, you're setting them free. I begin to speak right now, Lord, awaiting on God. Hey, Father, there's somebody, I sense, who has so struggled, they've been just wrestling in that business. But right now, Lord, I speak a relaxation and a trusting of God. And I pray that, Lord, over the next few weeks, they're going to start to hear divine ideas. Ideas that could not have come from man, but God himself. That would turn around their business and turn around their career. Lord, I pray for those who are here because they've struggled with failure as parents. Because their children haven't turned out the way they should. Father, I speak right now that you're breaking that guilt. You're breaking that sense of failure. You're bringing deliverance. I, I bring those who failed in their marriage and they have sense and the devil has used this against them. And right now I say there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the spirit of God, the spirit of life has set you free from this, from this spirit of sin and death. And so Father God, I speak right now. Your, spi your, your spirit, your freedom, you're breaking the yoke, you're bringing deliverance, you're bringing healing, you're bringing health. I pray even for that person who's come because they have said, Lord, 
Oh my goodness, my relationships just blow up. They don't work. And I'm praying for the wisdom of God right now. And I'm praying for the deliverance of God right now. I'm praying for the ideas of God right now. I'm praying that you would coach them. That Lord, they'll become the most amazing people as they trust in you. And people will be blessed through them. And so Father, I thank you for everybody who's received prayer this morning. And I thank you that you're hearing us and you're able to break every yoke. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's celebrate the Lord right now. Bless you, Lord. Over there. Okay. Let me ask you to take your seats. And as you do so, I just sense that God's word is, it is done. God answers every prayer we pray, by the way. God answers every prayer. It is done in Jesus' name. Begin to walk in victory. Tell your neighbor, fear is not your friend. Fear is not your friend. It's not. Any fear you're facing, by the, apart from the fear of the Lord, it's not, it's not a fear that you should have. The Bible says God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. That's what God has given you. And if fear has bound you in the past, you need, by the way, here's the coaching I want to give you right now. Because sometimes we are, the, we are our own answers to prayer. And I sense that God is saying to somebody here, you have entertained fear in your house. You have even said, this is my fear. It's not your fear. It's a devil's fear. And so here's what you're going to start doing this week. Every time that irrational fear comes over you, rebuke it in Jesus' name. The Bible says we have power to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So God wants you to start to practice that power. When that fear comes and tells you, I can't, tell it fear. In fact, speak to it loudly. Sometimes fear is a bit deaf. I found. So speak to it. Pull outside in a corner if you don't want people to think you're mad. And just say, fear, I rebuke you right now in Jesus' name. I take captive that thought and I've made you obedient to Jesus. Try practicing that this week. And I sense that some of you, God is going to bring your deliverance as you practice the authority is given you in Jesus' name. Come on, receive that word for yourself. Bless God. Yeah, before we close, Pastor M, I saw a name, and maybe I will not pronounce it as well, but I, I saw a name, Gadumbi. Gadumbi. Name like that. And I feel whoever it is, if you're here and that's your name, something close to that, that God is saying this is a new day for you that you will be able to refer to today as a day that something began in your life. And for all of us, this is a word I hear the Lord say to us. Isaiah 43. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, whatever your name is, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Amen. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God. Is someone receiving this word? For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Then just one more part here. This is what the Lord says. You made a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and the reinforcements together. And they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget 
the former things. May I say that again? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? If you sense God is doing a new thing, let's receive that word with a clap to the Lord right now. Because he is. Because he let's is. Let's stand up to our feet. Here's what I want us to do. We're going to end this service with that powerful proclamation. I want this song to spoil your thoughts this week. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want this song to ruin it for you. Have you ever been ruined by a song where you can't think of anything else? That's all that's running in your mind. I want this song to ruin your mind this week. So that any situation that you face, you will know this. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every yoke. Now listen to me. God answers every prayer that you pray. None of your prayers is ever wasted. It's just that sometimes the prayers, the chains that God is freeing, are not the ones that I'm seeing. So keep praying, don't give up. Pray for that child. Pray for that brother. Pray for that situation. Because God could be doing something much bigger than you could ever dream. And if you are fortunate enough to see it, because I've had that situation in my life, we have seen the answers to my prayer many, many years later. Praise God. But you know what? If you never see the answer to that prayer, <laughs> for me to live is Christ. But you know something much better? To die is gain. We are the fearless. We're not just living for the things of this earth. We have a much bigger purpose and a bigger destiny. We don't live like little children just asking God for sweets. We're here to fulfill his agenda because we are fearless. And we are serving the one who has all power. Power in the name of Jesus. I want us to sing this so that all the witch doctors in this area will hear it and shake where they are right now. Amen? Come on, let's sing that. Let's go. To break every chain, to break every there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain. Showing us about extraordinary gentlemen. 
We're going to say the blessing to one another today because we are God's children. We have authority. You're not going to close your eyes as you say the grace to your neighbor, all right? Because you're blessed. How do you close your eyes when you're blessing someone, all right? And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you and forevermore. Amen. Woo!